you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Want to drive the Boogermobile? Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Whenever the Boogermobile is getting brought up, uh, and almost late February, it might be time for some new fan submissions for uh, money drops. The Bergamobile kind of already. We've covered that real estate. Right. Football pop culture artifact, if you will. So if you're for new listeners, we're too lazy to come up with that little intro to each show, which we call the money drop after the immortal Matt Money Smith. And you can no, do die. our work he'll for us day, but... by tweeting at who? Erica, I guess. What? Where do Erica they, where die, do they yes. give you the answers? Where do hashtag they give you money tags? Half, hashtag money tags. Send it to Tamposi. Um, all right. That was good to get she that out of the way. does not want that responsibility. No, it's true. We do need some. Uh, but more importantly, forget all that. Forget about the bugger mobile and whether Matt Smith will live or die um, <laughs> or where to send the money tags. The biggest thing here is that we got two birthday boys in the studio. <laughs> Whoa, my goodness. Chris Wessling turned 45. On Tuesday, and Greg Rosenthal on the very same day hits the big 4 0. Maron. That's right. Well, we're past the birthday now. It feels like it was a long process, and I'm I'm over uh, You're 40. celebrating myself. Uh, yeah. This is 40. It was delightful. Yeah, which is a depressing <laughs> movie about it. what I hope uh, is not a depressing uh, decade. Uh, but if this last week was an, in, an indication, it'll be delightful. You know, a lot of good food. This week uh, is not any indication whatsoever. <laughs> Big trouble soon come. Yeah, a lot of good food, a lot of uh, good times. Uh, it was great. Uh, what did you guys do? What did you guys do for the big day? I actually was under the impression until about 90 minutes ago that today was your birthdays. So <laughs> There was uh, some confusion. I did have interactions uh, via text with both of you gentlemen separately, and I didn't know it was your birthdays. Uh, so if, it, if, if you guys are thinking, well, that was weird that he didn't say happy birthday, it's because I thought it was today. <laughs> well, we, So happy birthday, belatedly. Thank you. Friday night, we all meet Greg, um, our significant others, Henry, uh, I know I'm missing somebody. Shona was there. Shona, we Me. went and got Crack Shack fried chicken. Can we make it clear that it wasn't that I either wasn't invited or chose not to attend? <laughs> I was out of town. You were, Otherwise, you were I would have been there, obviously. And then I went out of town. I went up into the mountains, Topanga Canyon, and built fires, mm. read some books, enjoyed <laughs> being close to nature and some solitude. Was This This sounds like a That's perfect amazing. weekend, not just for you. But for Mark, it was a little bit sticking it to Mark a little bit. I'm doing this and you're not. <laughs> well, I <laughs> no doubt about it. Like just your your That's like Instagram strange. stories. It's like breezy trees. Look at my book. Like I'm looking at a cabin. There's not There's a human fire. What, Mark well, yeah, why did you red. think more about Mark before you did this, Wes? <laughs> I I think Mark would have been thrilled to do something like this, especially considering that he's a Mark man. at a kid's birthday party, just his head exploding, looking at Instagram. Essentially, he's a man who has proven that he enjoys going to, let's say. Sites where murders happened. Mm. And Topanga Canyon is where the Manson family lived for quite some time. They hug at, they hung out wow. in those canyons wow. and lost. So I'm, it, Mark, it, where it hurts. It really is. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I mean, my advice to you would set, because you, you and Lakeisha are on quite a, a festival circuit, circuit, the two of you, just <laughs> constant fires and bottles of wine and uh, you know money being poured out left and right. Do not have children. Mm. <laughs> it will put a a decisive end to your Playboy lifestyle. Well, wow. the thing about the Playboy lifestyle, which I've been leading in a much lesser extent for 20 what years. What a manufactured <laughs> joke. It, it runs out and then you're left alone, lonely, and with Yeah, but no you figured there. it out. Well, it, it You're not works, alone. It works until a certain age. And then it 45, becomes a little it, pathetic. It's still, working. it's still working for you. I, uh... I, I worked around the kids because I got a babysitter and uh, sort of set up... I, Four four dinners, five nights, covering all the major food groups: uh, fried chicken, Korean, sushi, 
and Mexican. And uh, there you go. you're doing it right. And uh, you know, I, I have a friend of mine that lives in LA that I've been friends with since he was I was eight years old. Uh, like one of my best friends in the world I used to live in New York with. It was his 40th birthday a few days before, so he celebrated his. And then uh, the last couple nights did a, did a few more with, you know, Anthony uh, Jeselnik, who I do the other podcast with. And then last night, uh, a friend of mine, another one from high school, is in from out of town to celebrate with us. And it's a whole thing. It's, it's like fun. a party girl for it's you. It's fun. You lived it up a little bit more than I would have predicted Greg Rosenthal would live it up. It's 40. Yeah, I think I felt it. I think I felt the big number and was huh. just like, well, what, do, what would I want to do? I would want to eat some good food. Uh, you know, days on end, and I and I accomplished it. There is a trend, uh, especially you see it on Instagram, where there are these, um, and you don't fall into this category uh, at all, Greg. But like these women that are single in their <laughs> yeah. th- th- late thirties and forties, where it's not just a week, but it's an entire month celebrating their <laughs> right. birthday, and it's and it's to the point where to dance, you have no idea when the actual birthday is because it's been an ongoing festival of self celebration. You came close to that in a very it effective fe- it way. It felt too. It felt too much. Five dinners or four dinners. Four for dinners. Yourself it's is, it's a little ridiculous but here's the thing what you have different friend groups once you're our age and it's like do you want to like have to like figure a do you want to organize anything no and then b do you want to have to try to combine it all no like my friend happened to be coming in from out of town tuesday so that's when that's when we'll go out my other friend's birthday it all just kind of worked out that you you do it separately and that's that's the way to go uh, we'll circle back to this topic uh, at the end wow. of the show. Uh, but uh, before uh, we do that, we have a lot of football to talk about. Uh, all these 40-somethings surrounding me. Um, Erica, just me and you, just the two young kids. You just know? us. Yeah. Just us left. <laughs> just a couple of millennials trying to figure out now how I'm we on, fit in. Now I'm on Kissing's Corner. There's like a decades-long gap between you and Erica. But continue to live in your mythland. Um, all right. This is what we got coming up today. Free agency. It's not as far away as you think. Uh, We're talking inside a month now, everybody. So we're going to take a look at uh, who's on the market. And it always gets pared down, of course, when you factor in the franchise tag, guys. But who's going to hit the market and what would be kind of fun, logical fits? Uh, So we'll go around the horn a couple times, talk that. Uh, And also, big news uh, involving Colin Kaepernick. So why don't we get going with the news? Hit it, Ricky! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Greg and Wes. Happy birthday to you. Wow. What a gift. Harmony. Lassid. Harmonizing with herself. Wes, she put you you second. Any thoughts on that? That's fine. (laughs) Just happy to be alive. Okay. Well, uh, that was a very nice gesture by Sydney. Our old producer. That I set up. So Sydney let's Carlson. let's figure out where we want to dole out where credit belongs and who's grateful for who. Well done. You're like yeah. um, you're like Bobby the Brain Heenan, and she's your wrestler. Tim Posty, who's now played like birthday songs for me on multiple podcasts because I did, uh, <laughs> you know, the Jessel Dick and Rosenthal Vandy Project yesterday on my birthday. Uh, then immediately slacks after you said that, Dan, that b- didn't post you on IG. Mm. <laughs> Ouch. Well, Erica. I, taking shots at I, Sydney. I, I, was con- I was connecting with uh, Erica earlier today and uh, I had Sydney send that file directly to Eric, and it felt like asking my ex-girlfriend to connect with the current girlfriend. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, it was. it's no hard feelings. <laughs> it's just when, you know, you're bringing up the ex. There's it, tension. It's, yeah, it just, it's just something it's that... It's a thing. It's just a thing. Sydney, my heart still beats for you. What? <laughs> I, can't, I, can't put, I can't kill that. I can't what? make that go away. Hey, someday <laughs> you're going to be replaced, and we're going to speak glowingly about you. Love the one you're with. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we brought you here, Erica. <laughs> we have to let you go. Oh, my God. No, we love you too, Erica. It's a complicated situation. Yeah. All right, let's start. Uh, speaking of complicated situations, Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed. Um, Reed currently with the Carolina Panthers, just got a new contract. In fact, Kaepernick, who's been out of football uh, since the end of 2016, uh, they have reached a settlement. They reached a settlement with the NFL con- uh, concerning their collusion grievances against the league. Uh, this was announced Friday. So we're a little behind the curve on this because we weren't uh, with you uh, on Monday's show. 
but the terms not disclosed. It's all confidential. We don't know uh, what Kaepernick and Reed got out of this, uh, Greg. But what we do know, or what it seems, at least just kind of reading the tea leaves, that while we don't know if Kaepernick and Reed had an actual case that could have went all the way and led to a victory, and, and that was where it initially started out on their end, the NFL made the decision they didn't want to maybe get let it get that far. And in the end, at the end of the day, they said, let's just settle this and try to move forward. Yeah, there's no way, and I've been annoyed to hear the hot takes on this, to know the total motivations on both sides. But the NFL, the, the clearest thing is that the NFL believed it, you know, it was worth, it was worth settling this case because they, they didn't want to lose or they, you know, they're admitting some fault here essentially. And it, it doesn't really wrap up Colin Kaepernick's story, but it does potentially end the story that started in 2016 that he's had with the NFL, you know, assuming he's not going to be back in the league, which feels like a pretty safe assumption. I mean, it has been a long process and I'm sure there's, you know, there's got to be part of him and, and Eric Reed that's relieved to be done with the process on their side, too. And I think Bomani Jones wrote a really good piece on, on the undefeated about it. Just it, for all the people that kind of want wanted more from Kaepernick, it, it's almost like, you know, what what more what more did, does he have to give up? Like, why? Why is it his responsibility to, to hold this mantle? I think when he started all of this, he could have never seen the direction that it went. And I think there were times he was maybe uncomfortable with like being the face of it. I mean, he's barely spoken the last couple of years. And I think he, he's handled it all well. And, and, and that this is sort of the end point between him and the NFL. I would be stunned if uh, he gets a job at this stage. Um, I guess it's certainly possible. I believe someone in his camp, whether it was a lawyer, uh, went out and mentioned the the Patriots as a, a possible candidate, or said that he was going to have a lot of uh, interest on the market. I just I find it very hard to believe. Uh, so at, at the end of the day, yeah, That'd be a good, good end, not ending, but that would it would be a good coda at the end of this story if he did also, get back in the league. I just almost right. have given up believing it's possible. If it hasn't happened at this point, I don't know if it does. And it is, yeah, you wonder um, how much money. And we'll, I don't know if we'll ever know. I guess that's just how this works. What was the final settlement? Because what this ended up being when the NFL settles, Kaepernick was essentially saying he was being blackballed from the league. If they settle, the NFL and the both sides have to come up with an agreement how much money that cost Colin Kaepernick, and it essentially this whole adventure, this whole saga, uh, ended his career. Well, and I mean, I I think Greg, you put it all very well. It's like the the one thing the NFL probably is very happy about is that the whole thing is wrapped up inside a confidentiality agreement. Where to your question, Dan, we'll never know. And I think that the NFL will be happy that we'll never know uh, what was done behind closed doors. And I'm and I'm not sure if, if it's just like a money figure. I'm not sure what that would really mean, anyways. Unless there's other things. They also involved. went through all their I mean, cell it records. Mean much to me to find out whether it's X amount of money or more or or whatever. I think it's more than just a settlement. There were the investigation included like going through people's phones, going through right. emails, and we'll never know what any of that right. entailed yes. or what was said. And the NFL didn't want anything to do with that being public or having owners sitting, uh, giving depositions, all that stuff was, I think they sought to avoid that. And that's how this ended up. Um, let's move on. Antonio Brown, another saga, endless saga. He met with Steelers president, Art Rooney, the second. And after it, Brown tweeted that both agreed that it is time to move on. What's next? That's the question, Wes. Antonio Brown, uh, he, he can't stop talking. He won't stop talking. Uh, Peter King, in his uh, Football Morning in America column, uh, reported that at least one team uh, looks at all these comments Antonio Brown is making on a near-daily basis uh, as something that makes you want to stay away from him. You wonder how many teams are like that. Brown wants guaranteed money. He wants a new deal. Is he going to get what he wants? Are the Steelers going to be able to unload this player? Or is all this going to be meaning nothing and he's going to be in Pittsburgh week one? Is that still possible? It's been interesting to watch how the story has shifted and maybe how his motivations have shifted. Started out as him being in hot water, him being in trouble for 
throwing a tantrum, going AWOL, and not showing up to one of the most important games of his career. And now it appears to be a chance for him to earn more money than he was going to get with the Steelers. He wants more guaranteed money. He wants to be in a prime situation. And I don't know if he's going to get everything he wants. The suitor would have to be perfect in order to do all that. And and I think one of the things, Greg's turning 40, one of the things about getting older is you realize (laughs) you don't have to surround yourself with people you don't like. You can win a Super Bowl without Antonio Brown. Mm. Teams have been doing it for years, winning Super Bowls without Antonio Brown. And if I'm running a team, I'm just (laughs) thinking, this guy is just not worth what he's bringing to the table. He's just not worth it. I don't want to surround myself with this quality of person. I mean, there's also the other side to Antonio Brown. You always hear this. I I would be, if I were running a front office, that would be, I'd, I'd agree with you, Greg. I'd have to think twice about adding his whole makeup to the locker room. But he always has talked about also as one of the hardest workers, deeply committed to football, and he is an incredible football player. This is not the same thing as Kareem Hunt or someone else who no. offers an entirely different you know, uh, world of issues. This is like, can the right locker room handle Antonio Brown? And if he gets what he wants, will he go quiet for a while and be a good soldier? I don't know. Yeah, the contract thing makes it trickier how important that is. What, you know, that a team that's interested needs to find out because to me, his contract is one of the really attractive things about him. I mean, he's probably going to end up making, you know, on that contract less over the next two years than let's say Golden Tate or some, you know, some free agents going to get. So of course, like that, that's a pretty good uh, value. And the Steelers are trying to like salvage their leverage and, and their GM talked about it on Wednesday, you know, Kevin Colbert saying they're not going to give him away, but that the two sides did agree that they're going to make a good faith effort to try to trade him, but that if they don't get a good offer, that they'll revisit the circumstance then. And no one seems to believe the Steelers that they would ever keep him. I, I tend to think the Steelers are the rare team that and they'll take this all the way up into the draft, and I think that's when the best deal is going to come, and I think they'll get a good enough deal, and that's probably when they'll trade him. But if for some reason people really were totally out on Antonio Brown and no one's offering better than like a third or, or a second-round pick, I don't know. I think they might just try to like figure it out then in May, and this, I think they're hoping that doesn't happen. They don't often, you know, look, they're not often the embarrassed party in public. They're the opposite, and so I think you're absolutely right. They're some not team like to, the, It only takes one team. Some team right. like the 49ers, once you get into the draft, it's like – Okay, they can trade down. They'll pick up more picks. They give them like a mid-late first-round pick. and it This this again points out the need uh, for my idea for having all the NFL GMs in a subreddit where we could just right. know what, what yep. people are thinking hmm. uh, internally about Antonio Brown. There's certainly, in my mind, if I were – You don't think there's texting going on? There's texting, but I want the subreddit. I want a real community feel. <laughs> and the idea that what percentage of GMs think that Antonio Brown is – like a nut, like he's crazy, and I don't want him near my team. I know how amazing he is as a player. And just so everybody knows, um, he is no longer AB. That is not the accepted nomenclature at this point uh, for Antonio Brown. Uh, while doing a Instagram Live video on an elliptical, running at full speed, uh, sweat pouring down his face, he announced, call me Mr. Big Chest, Big Chest from now on, Big Chest Brown from now on. Don't even call me AB, just call me Big Chest. So I don't shoot the messenger. What if we don't? Yeah. No, he said, he said it it wasn't asking. He was like, don't even call me AB. Call me Big Chest. I mean, people giving themselves nicknames, number one, is, you know. Remember when Dan tried to call himself (laughs) Daddy Rich? I mean, that worked better than this. That was your idea. You pitched Daddy Rich. Old Zeuser was something that maybe came from me. I, I've had it's a number. Maybe I've had a number of nicknames, but I, I did name myself, you know, sixty percent G as my rap name, and that mm. stuck pretty well. So I mean, I'm into it. Big Chest, I, I'm with you. It's just a bad um, nickname. I will call him Big Chest now for now forevermore. Uh, moving on, another big name wide receiver in the market potentially, Odell Beckham Jr. Just signed that whopper of a deal last year with the Giants. Uh, but, you know, this all got kicked around. The Hornets' nest got kicked when, uh, in a mailbag of some kind, Jay Glazer uh, of <laughs> Athletic uh, mentioned that. Some kind. You know, he threw out, oh, yeah, what if, uh, you know, if I had to make a crazy guess, uh, Odell gets traded. And uh, now the reports start coming out. First, uh, we hear that the Patriots went hard after Odell Beckham last year. Uh, before he signed that big deal uh, with the Giants. And also, 
uh, in the past year, the Niners, they uh, tried very hard to pursue the wide receiver, which none of this should come as a surprise. If Odell Beckham Jr. is on the market, uh, teams are going to be interested. But let's see what happens next. This, this continues to be an interesting subplot as the draft approaches. Glazer backed it up, too, this week in his new mailbag, Dan, which I read on uh, it's just a mailbag. On Wednesday. It's not the mail. And so he kind of dove deeper into his uh, reasoning, and he, he basically said no one should be surprised that the Giants pretty publicly were a little tired of Odell, <laughs> that Pat Shermer is the key to why he ended up getting that contract, that he convinced ownership he could work with him, and he did a pretty good job. And then they had, they had that sit-down interview, and I think that they would you know listen to offers. I still don't see how it would make sense – financially for them. But it, when you hear the 49ers were in on him, it just makes me even more hyper aware to what the 49ers do this offseason. I just think they're kind of one of the teams to watch that maybe ODB or Antonio Brown. It's almost like one of those guys going to Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Mr. Big Chest, Mr. bro. Big chest, Is it, it's not can't just be Big Chest. Let's be Mr. Big uh, Chest. Let me that check. To me let me is, check. So that's either Big Chest. One moment. Yeah. Big Chest or o, ODB, I think they'll end up in San Francisco. Or San Francisco is going to just be making splashes. John oh, I think they. Desperate. I think they. I mean, they tried to, in a way, make splashes during their first offseason. And it just a lot of that didn't work out. But they're a team that... I would put as a target team to trade out of that number two spot, pick up more leverage, and then you're almost you almost have the necessary load to get Beckham or to trade for Antonio. What you right? could do, trade out chest. of the two spot, right? Get you know trade back to what ten, twelve. Use that, spin that for Odell. Bingo. I mean, there's a lot going on too here. High. Do we trust Dave Gettleman to get this done? A guy that we've you know praised on this podcast before, but hasn't had a great return, you know, to New York just in terms of the moves that they made. And they just have an incredible amount of holes on their roster. They're a weird team. This is a lousy team. They have holes at quarterback, at offensive line, at linebacker. Landon Collins, according to Josina Anderson, cleaned out his locker today and said goodbye because he thinks he's not going to be around. Apparently there are no discussions between player and team there. Right. I I don't know about that because he seems like he might get franchise tagged, but there's there's a bad team. Why should I believe the Giants are motivated to trade Odell Beckham? This seems like, hey, one of the most talented players in the league he, there's some issues there behind the scenes, so other teams are trying to prey on that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, it, that anything I've read says the Giants want to get rid of Odell. The Beckham. only thing we know from Gettleman is that in January, like first or second, he basically said, "Absolutely not, we're not trading him." He was there to give him the deal, but I think That's I fair. think I think so many weirder things will play out during any given offseason. I wouldn't be shocked if something happened if they were hit with a deal that allowed the Giants to. They're not, they're like two star players away from being in a massive rebuild. Right. There's got to be there's some dot connecting. Essentially, what Greg's saying, they have so many holes to fill. And here's Odell Beckham, a guy that would bring back immense value in a trade. Would if they decide that they want to take that one player and try to turn it into three, maybe they do it. By the way, you have three options: Mister Big Chest, just Big Chest, or Big Chest Brown. BCB. You know, he doesn't say BCB. It's not an option. Well, hey, I don't have to listen to his request. Uh, he, it's not a request. It's a. It looks like a demand. I don't have to listen to his demand. I mean, That's if I just, if I goes. just announce a new nickname for myself, are any of you going to follow suit and call me by that? If you're yes. not a, no, you won't. Yes, that's a rule. If no, I'll come says, up with something. This is the nickname. You uh, must I'm going it. to do it. Okay, moving on. Did you call Kobe Bryant Mambo? Oh, Mamba? the Black Mamba. Every time I saw him, I said, oh, the Black Mamba's going nuts again. Ah, okay. Dan, you can, you Dan follow a rigid though. set of rules when it comes to Nick. Dan walks around this office with the Mamba mentality. You can see it on his face. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Seek and destroy. Right, Ricky Hollywood? She came up with that. That's what she goes by. I mean, I didn't come it's up with that. It's not complicated. You didn't? No, I didn't nickname myself. Oh, I, I mean, you yeah, put it. You, uh, you, you made your, your Twitter profile. You pushed it hard. You've been pushing <laughs> it. Who, who came up with who it? Who came up with it? It's a long story. Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> you know, we called... It's uh, okay to make up. I, mean, I it's didn't fine. make it up. It's worked. It I'm works li- for you. You know, it's another good nickname, Erica. Yeah, say it. Say Lost it. it. Say it. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say gold your, your, other nickna- your other nickname, um, Tramp Thirsty. That was that's a good one. Okay. Are, are you just now referencing inside jokes from the other podcast? <laughs> no, I mean, that's just another <laughs> nickname. What is that? How does that help that's, the rest of that's us? That's another nickname that's on the table that people call it. Mm. Okay, Do they? Good. <laughs> this show is about three months from being canceled. So. Rob Gronkowski. 
Is he playing again? My goodness. We all want to know. He has an agent, Drew Rosenhaus. He's successful. He said a decision on the tight end's future will come, quote, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, He said that on ESPN's NFL Live program, which is fine, I suppose. Uh, He's thinking it through. He's giving it a lot of thought. I imagine a decision will probably happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Mark, we talked about this on Super Bowl Sunday. I always felt this was going to be leveraged for maximum juice by Team Gronk. Uh, and whatever the decision will be, it will come with a huge PR rollout. And uh, we're still a couple of wake- weeks away from that. I feel like he's going to come back for a year. I just have a hunch, though. I don't know why. Hmm, I I think op- the opposite, just because if you are if you know in the next couple of weeks, to me, that would say you know you're not coming back. Because you have months to decide that if you wanted to and see where your body was. I, I think the Patriots want an eight. I thought about that, too, and I'm trying to get hopeful like Dan. And then I thought about the Patriots probably want an answer, you know, because they need to make their plans yeah. before free agency. I don't know what I think now. I'm but why, trying to but be how hopeful. about everything he said and everything we knew about this? Like, he was so strong in the camp of, I'm not coming back. Then your career wraps with a glorious final drive and you win the Super Bowl. Why? What? Suddenly the mind shifts and you, all that is gone away, and now you're Big Ben Part Two, deciding you're just going to come back after treating us to months of drama. I, on the network today, uh, Garofolo, Mike Garofolo, said he still believes Gronk will retire, and that that his people around him, uh, you know, his teammates do do believe that. But he also said he wasn't sure. Maybe that Super Bowl juice that he played really well in the playoffs uh, in, in their last two games. Great you know, Maybe it's just like kind of puts you on a high and, and makes you want to play again. I hope so. I know I've said on this podcast I was hoping Brady would retire, but... Uh, well, you've you know, also said you don't want the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl next year. Well, they've had enough, yeah. But I want, I want, Gronk, I want Gronk to be, keep playing, so I hope he comes back. I get that. He's a fun player to watch. He's been a great uh, Patriot. But I will say this one thing. If I'm the Patriots, yes, I want an answer just for internal purposes, planning purposes, but they should be go, looking at the tight end position either way at this point. He's a beat-up 30-year-old yeah. tight end who can't stay healthy anymore. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, C.J. Anderson uh, was out uh, talking to people. Who was he talking to? Let me credit the right person. FS1. He was on that <laughs> network on Tuesday, uh, and he made comments about uh, his teammate Todd Gurley, who apparently was injured. During the playoffs, oh, here's, what, talking about here's what C.J. Anderson uh, said. He was more hurt than we thought. The injury was a little bit more than what everybody in the building thought, including himself. I always am reluctant to say – well, I say that from 3,000 miles away, it's hard for us to know what was going on. To me, this was easy to know what was going on. He was always more hurt than they let on, and you could tell from watching him play. He's a – He's an offensive player of the year type of guy who was splitting time with a guy they just picked up off of the waiver wire. That's all you need to really know. I mean, so we have to go with the idea that Gurley essentially told nobody how hurt he really was because right. otherwise the team is mismanaging injury information. And I watched the interview, and it was clear C.J. Anderson didn't really have any extra information. He just said he was battling through soreness, which like every running back is in, in January, no, that's not and that true. he had no idea. That's not true. He said, well, maybe it was a sprain. I, I don't really know. His, his he played. comment was that he has the, the knee sprain, and C.J. Anderson, who's had knee surgery, said, once you have a knee, you always have a knee. Right. But oh, Todd yeah, Gurley he was, hasn't had surgery on the knee, has This he? was not the Todd Gurley that we know. No, exactly. that's why it was so annoying during the playoffs to hear everybody saying, oh, he's fine. He's been healthy for weeks. We're just working him back slowly. And it was always so clear that he was hurt. Don't give me this I'll, act next time. All Don't I mean put is him a, on the injury a report. lot of players play, play through injuries. And if they're out on the field playing 50 snaps a game, which he was 40 to 50, that it's like you you generally don't talk about it that much and and make that many excuses but why are you, struggling why are you taking this tack like Todd Gurley is some normal running back who just has a little bit of soreness because it's January he had a knee injury it was a yeah. pretty significant knee injury and he was not the same player afterward I guess because he That's was a like deal I guess because he was explosive on number of on a number of runs where he looked good but you know not I mean? as explosive as he was before and clearly not as confident that's like you saying Cam Newton can still throw it 
sure. 40 yards down the field between the hashes when clearly he struggles at other parts. I think the snap count also was to some degree a decoy for whatever would happen each game after because you can't broadcast that this guy is not the same guy and is only out there for 25 snaps. They, they've tried to. I mean, Steve Weiss even was on our air today backing up again, saying that essentially was like, you know, he was not limited in any way. He took every single Please. practice snap. He, Enough. X, Y, X, Y, and Z. I mean, except I guess for what our not eyes tell us, though. I guess Todd Gurley actually isn't You can good. have a couple bad games no, and just yeah, not be confident. Yeah, he just tough games. It's, like, except that he just doesn't do that. Or your knee is well, except than for, it is normal. Except for under Sean McVay. But, we're, but what we're talking about here is three games. In one of them, he had 100 yards. In the, because, in the, he had in, a big, because he had a long run. And in the third one, he did what the rest of the team did, which was stink. And but again, including you're, putting Anderson. In, you're putting him in a group of running back like he's a normal dude, like he's a Hammenager. This is one of the greatest players in the league that all of a sudden, well, why are we talking about it? You're right. It's just, you know what? I'm just mad that the Saints weren't playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Instead, we got the Rams and a gagging over himself, Jared Goff, and a hurt Todd Gurley and a genius in Sean McVay that had no idea what to do. I mean, yeah, C.J. Anderson had no idea what to do in that game either, which is you know worth worth noting. He had been playing great before that. C.J. Anderson, though. Well, he wasn't good in the title game either. C.J. Anderson ain't a patch on Todd Gurley's butt. Give me a mm. break. Gross. I, I think <laughs> that is gross. Rams that was have a great to... way to end the conversation. <laughs> yeah, but let's leave it. Let's uh, leave it there. Yeah. Patch on the butt. Well, I'd use a different word, but. Well, hey, last year we uh, we uh, made multiple visits to the Ravens' nest. That's done. What we're doing in 2019? Hey, boys, let's jump into the fish tank. <laughs> You guys ready? Smells a little rank in here. <laughs> Gonna hit on a couple nuggets. First off, a report. Danny Amendola, iffy to remain in Miami. Ricky Hollywood, your thoughts. Come on back, baby. <laughs> you want him back in New England? Oh, of you could I see did. that. I could see that. Oh, happening. he's coming back. It's really hard to predict that this would happen. Danny Amendola one and done in Miami. Ouch. After they overpaid him. That via the Miami Herald. Also, Devontae Parker, all but gone. He's out of town. Former first-round pick. That didn't work out. Man, they got a lot of work to do up in Miami, uh, rebuilding that uh, entire offense. Greg, I don't think they're going to try to rebuild work. it at all this offseason. You don't? No, I, I think this whole like organic tanking thing that brought Brett, that came up a couple weeks ago is exactly what they're doing. It's just tanking. So it's, it's going to be like you're just, not, you're just not verbal. I don't buy that. It's going to be like a that. normal Dolphins offseason, except we're right. not going to go busy buying a bunch of old players. They're just going to roll out what they have. This well, whole, I think that's quite different. They've they not every year, but they've been the team that tries to make big splashes right. in free agency. And you know and what? We spend all April talking. They'll probably about be better for it. Uh, there's no organic tanking. The, the coaches are going to be organic fish away. tanking. Nice. Well, if you don't, there is the organic tanking. If you let a bunch of people go and you bring no one of better quality to fill their spots, it's like what? Where there's no like pesticides or like artificial <laughs> ingredients in their tanking. I just don't know this what organic. Is. Well, or forget organic, but I mean, I think they're not free range sure. tanking. It's it's great for the Patriots. It's another team in the AFC East that's essentially, I think, given up on 2019. But guess what? There is one good thing happening in the fish tank right now. The sugar bear just jumped in. Woo! Miami has hired former Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie as a senior personnel executive, Rap Sheet reported Saturday. Oh, yeah. 15 years of personnel experience, 56 years old, former NFL linebacker, eight years in Green Bay as director of player personnel, uh, GM of the Oakland Raiders, 2012, seven years there. Now he's in the tank. I, I think if you're a Dolphins fan, I, I like the staff that Brian Flores has brought together, and I like the simplicity of the way they changed their front office relatively. This plan feels a little like less fraught, for, you know, less set up for clashing than some of their previous ones. It's just going to take a long time to bear fruit. My, um, or like those little fish that they feed the Dolphins, like the tiny ones. Yeah. Like yeah. Take them out of the pail. I feel like my initial uh, feeling is that people aren't excited about the fish tank. Like you guys love the Ravens nest, and now you're you're a little, uh, I don't know, on the fence or not thrilled. It's kind of like a lost uh, Erica scenario that you're dealing with. That we were very attached to Ravens nest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I Wait, would be fine well, if Ravens it? nest were nuked, per, you know, potentially. But what if the Dolphins just did like one thing ever to be interesting? 
Right. Well, I think Fish Tank is a that's a starting uh, point to try to drum up interest in the franchise. But you were well, saying is, you were saying that we didn't cover like the Ravens' nest was because we didn't cover them right. enough. People were complaining. I feel the same way about Miami. I don't think they get a lot of love. They're oh, basically well, we in the triangle. Them a lot, I feel like they we do because they're in the AFC East that they just get kind of uh, into. They just never do anything right, so they don't get good publicity. <laughs> Bad news, guys. We already built the drop, so it's the fish tank. <laughs> All right, well, they're good. It's, well, it's, uh, we should, every team should have their own drop. That wouldn't get annoying at all. <laughs> um, and finally in the news, the uh, the Bengals still don't have a defensive coordinator. That's what's happening in the news. What day are we at? What day in the offseason are we now? Should there be a counter? I mean, the, the Super Bowl was when? February 2nd? So we're 18 days. And their season ended when? January, December 31st? They they fought, You know what we got to do? They have to wait for Zach Taylor. Let's figure out when um, Zach Taylor was hired. And then we'll start the day count from that moment. Hey, look, the Colts hired Matt Eberflus before they hired Frank Reich. I mean, it's possible to, to hire right. a defensive coordinator. It's possible that coach. Lou Anarumo, who they're you made reportedly zeroing in on. No, that's a real you name. got to zero in on Lou. He's a Giants defensive back coach. And uh, Tom Pelissero believes he may be the guy. Just wait till he flies to Cincinnati for that interview. <laughs> Things go sour once they step inside the facility, it seems. Something's going on in that interview process. All right, let's move on. Are you a fan of the NFL draft? Do you spend your time breaking down college tape and pouring over spark scores? We have just the thing for you. Lunch with Daniel Jeremiah. Five lucky fans will be given the chance to wine and dine with NFL media draft guru Daniel Jeremiah in Nashville, Tennessee, the home of this year's 2019 NFL Draft. Winners will sit down to a lobster and champagne feast with Jeremiah aboard the Proud Mary Cruise Line touring Nashville's Humberland River as you pick the brain of a master. For your chance to win, simply hit up Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter at Move the Sticks with your boldest draft prediction or prospect hot take. You must get as close as possible to the 280-character limit for a chance to be selected. All entries must include the hashtag Dining with DJ. Beefy, opinionated tweets will be favored as we're looking for genuine draft nicks. And don't forget the hashtag Dining with DJ. We'll see you in Nashville. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You said we don't. You what know, an opportunity! We don't do enough it to reach out to the listeners. Here's something pretty special. What? what? I mean, if, if you're a football fan, and nobody knows the draft process better than DJ, a former uh, college player at Appalachian State, he played quarterback, a guy that scouted for years, was working behind the scenes with teams. Now one of the top dudes in the game uh, as an analyst. Yeah, a rare experience. We're at Move the Sticks hashtag Dining with DJ. That's right. As close to 280. And just like a regular guy, you know, he doesn't put on airs. You know, you want to talk Padres with him? He can do that. He'll help select the winner, I believe, too. So you really want to get into a a lot of dialogue would be good with him. And if you don't hear from him, don't feel like you shouldn't send another because maybe he misses it. Absolutely. Or another or another. All right. Now, free agency, less than a month away. Hopefully when it happens, uh, Cincinnati will have a defensive coordinator. We don't know. We'll find out. But. Right now, we're going to talk about some fun, logical fits. And uh, guess what? Mark wrote a banger. Check it out, NFL.com slash Sessler. One of those two-part jibes where it's like, if I knock out um, a, a, a big piece, they cut it in two, and once I finish the work, I could take four to five days off, essentially. That's how I view it. Right. I mean, they normally use this piece as like a two-writer combo, or right. at least in the past. And this time, they just said, you do it. But I'm waiting for the five days off. Was this uh, on uh, Greg's uh, list of columns? Did I don't think so. Because I, no, I don't think I. Damn it! I don't mm. think I. I told you that. That's not how I operate. Not trying to swipe uh, content away from <laughs> others for the most part. All right, get us going. Since you wrote the banger, NFL.com/sessler two-parter, give us one. The one that I um, that I can just see happening visually. Maybe you guys will disagree. Is Golden Tate to the Patriots? They have nothing at wide receiver right now. Josh Gordon's in the wilderness. You have Julian Edelman. You have guys like Braxton Berrios and Cody Hollister and Darren Andrews on the <laughs> roster right now. Aaron Andrews? Maybe a relation. I don't, I don't oh, believe so. Oh, it's a different so. person. No, it's okay. Darren. Gotcha. So I, for me, Golden Tate, um, you, you know, the Patriots, they seem to really favor uh, 
highly intelligent, versatile wide receivers. Tate still, to me, right in their Super Bowl window, would be an interesting addition. And I think the Tate, the Golden Tate, is someone that I could just like visualize leading them to like a massive game-winning drive in the AFC title game. And then you get two weeks of like you were with them with the Seahawks, but now you're here in New England, and like he's going to win a Super Bowl and is they'll win next. I agree with you that I could see it. I could picture him with the uniform and winning games. Is he a little duplicative with Julian Edelman? That's what I would say. Like, I think of anyone in the league, he is the most like Julian Edelman in skill set. I think that's true, but he's he's three years younger, and having multiple slot receivers has not stopped him before. In fact, it's you know been I think a strength of their offense. So I think he does he does fit with with Edelman. Put him put them both out there. And he didn't. It should be stated that he did not do a hell of a lot in Philly. He did have the that game winning catch in the playoffs. But it wasn't like he gave that offense a shot of the arm. No, 278 yards in eight games there. I wonder how much is, of that is on him because it's not like he slowed down in Detroit to become a non-entity. But we'll see. It's a very thin wide receiver group, so he's going to get paid. It Usually that's like the one position where it's very easy to find guys, and maybe there'll be some cuts and, and Tony, you know, there's some possible trades. But there's not – he's the best free agent receiver, I think, by a decent amount. Is Josh Gordon still – on the Patriots? He's on the Patriots, but he's suspended indefinitely. Okay, Wes, give us one. Texans need speed at running back and a passing down back. I would like to see Tevin Coleman from the Falcons end up in Houston to give that offense somebody who compliments mm. Deshaun Watson and when Will Fuller comes back, compliments his speed as well. But get somebody who can get on the edges and stress defenses from the perimeter. I think Tevin Coleman will be perfect for that. In Houston, I like it. I think they need. They know that they need people to take attention away from Watson and Hopkins. It's just crazy how thin, how top heavy that offense is. I think that would make a lot of sense. Just be like a burner team. I guess you guys missed uh, Lamar Miller on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> Still, <back in> uh, <laughs> I think they're going to cut Lamar Miller. Finally, going back to that fishing hole. Is he a free agent? I don't think so. No, I think, but he's been mentioned as a cut candidate. Yeah, at I'd, some point. Yeah, I don't know. They don't have any running off. backs though, and he's like, you know, still okay. <laughs> I read, um, I believe it was on uh, SI, uh, one of their writers positioned Tevin Kilman as a better free agent option than Le'Veon Bell. Please, I think Andy Benoit wrote that article. Hey, by the way, Tevin Coleman had some chances to be the guy this year. He was fine. I think well, the one way he's that, a good player. He's not your your only back. He's a guy that you want to have another guy with. You'd have to be insane to say he's better than Bell, but maybe from a like a money side of it, if you get a seventy percent or sixty percent of Le'Veon Bell and you're not blowing your cap for him, you're saying you have to be insane. I think some coaches who run his own blocking scheme would look at Tevin Coleman and say, "That's exactly what I need on my yeah." Team. That makes sense. Um, I'll bring up Le'Veon Bell. You know I'm a Jets fan. You guys aware of that? You got to start somewhere with the, with that offense. And for the first time in forever, there's somebody behind center that I think a lot of people feel good about, including myself. But they need to rebuild the offensive line, and they need a running back. Um, so the O-line, good luck with that. You got a ton of money of $100 million in cap space, and you got the draft. Uh, let's see if we can improve that. But – Absolutely, Sam Darnold could use somebody he could trust in the backfield. Last year was kind of a mess. Isaiah Crowell, outside that one 200-yard game, disappeared. Bill Powell suffered a neck injury that I believe could be a career uh, threatening, uh, and he's a free agent anyway. So Le'Veon Bell wants a lot of money. It's why he held out from the Steelers. The Jets can give him that money, and the Jets add a piece. They ha- they can't do this all at once, but it's got to be one at a time. Their wide receiver group is okay. They could use some help there. The offensive line is bad. They need to rebuild that. The backfield, not good. Fill in one spot at a time. Le'Veon Bell, 26 years old. He could be part of the future of the Jets. I know this is a ridiculous dream scenario, but what if they went total, like, violent coup d'etat and signed Bell and then traded for Antonio Brown? And it was essentially, like... Mm. We used to have those um, highly tedious, like, Jets West workout sessions. Mm. How about, like, <laughs> oh, Pittsburgh a little bit more east? I mean, they, they have a roster need and they have the money, but I, I, as I've said on the show, I do not want Antonio Brown anywhere near Sam Darnold, my beautiful, precious Sammy. Mm. 
cannot deal with a man like Antonio Brown. No, no quarterback. I could can. see you warming up to that if they if they acquired him though. That would be a great signing. They have so much cap room is so overrated. He's he's going to be a fine value compared to other top tier free agents. Certainly ones well, that they pay. That. It's yeah. one of those moves that's almost too easy, but I actually think it makes them much better, and it totally makes sense for who they are. I just you know if you're Bell, you're a little worried about how totally up in the air that entire offensive line is, but you're just going to have to trust Adam Gase to figure it out. And you and you hope, uh, it's like the Colts, how quickly things can turn around at the line. Maybe they can catch lightning a bottle as well. But yeah, do I want to, you can get crazy about Bell and be like, listen. He's a Hall of Fame, or he, he has a chance to be a Hall of he Fame missed, player. He's he that sort of talent. He missed a whole year, and he had knee issues in the past, and that's all fair. But do I, if in this funny money era of the NFL, I'd much rather throw money at a guy like Bell than give Greg Robinson the third biggest contract for a, a left tackle in football, which is the type of stuff that happens when teams need to spend money right. if, they, if, if they don't have... The, Kelvin Beecham you know. is making $10 million for the Jets. It's like, what, you can't pay 10 for for Le'Veon Bell? Le, oh, yeah. uh, who, by the way, just turned 27 uh, a day before our birthday. There you go. Chris Wesseling. So it's like... He's 27 years old, and Don't he's like a, a Hall of Fame. I do need player. those Jets uniforms. I need them to be on point because we're going to get a lot of primetime Jets with Darnold, and if they land Bell, I just I need I need a, a new fresh look. And you're not going to get a lot of primetime Jets, even if they get. Since when have they been on primetime a lot? Since Bell Rex and Darnold, we'll get a few. Calvin Beecham is one of the nicest guys in the NFL, Greg. Yeah. Come on now. Take don't, don't take shots at Kelvin Beach. <laughs> Greg's look. <laughs> How is his – do you think he's been a, a great addition to their team? He's I fine. think he's perennially he's underrated. Fine. He's fine. All right, Greg. You don't worry up. about the position when he's there. Uh, I – this is what? Fun free agency fits, right? I just enjoyed Wes standing for Kelvin Beach in there. I enjoyed it. He's an incredibly nice man. Nimble on his feet, too. A big man that can move. This is why you don't want to get too close to the people you know you're ranking on that top 100 list. Gets conf- get emotional conflict. I predict a civil war between Wes and Greg over Kelvin. Well, no, he's still on the Jets, so unless they cut him, <laughs> which he, they might. Uh, fun free agency fits. What would be more fun to me than Nick Foles with the Giants? And I think I think Ooh, I like that. And I think this is the move that the Eagles are worried about. And the way that the Eagles and the Foles thing is happening to me is a little under the radar, and it stinks just a little bit. You're not supposed to trade guys with the franchise tag. They were hoping that maybe when they put the option on his contract, uh, that they would have a little bit of wiggle room to trade him under that old contract. You know what he did? He responded within an hour and and did the thing and and bought his free freedom. I mean, he won a Super Bowl MVP for you, being vastly underpaid, and you made the guy pay two million dollars. Uh, to become a free agent. Okay, it's just business. What's also business? How about Nick Foles makes it very clear he's not signing any contract with any team they trade him to and that he's not helping them in any trade and that they can do they can try to do whatever they want, but he's going to bring up a, a challenge with the CBA because it's potentially against CBA rules and then he's not helping them at all because that's going to hurt his value. You know, it whether if it's the Jaguars and the Giants maybe bidding on him or if it's just one team he can make more money. This is going to be his time to be a free agent. And if you're so afraid that Nick Foles is going to beat you, then pay him the money he's worth and make him your quarterback. He's on your team. But you're choosing that you don't want him, so deal with it. And I think the Giants and Pat Shermer and Nick Foles would be a nice little combo, and, man, it'd spice up that NFC East. One question for you. If you're Nick Foles, where do you think you can succeed faster, with the with a weird Giants roster yeah. or with, with the Jaguars in the AFC South? Really good point in question, I would say the Jaguars. Well, I think your point is taken that if Nick Foles reaches the open market, he can have multiple teams involved. But if the Eagles control his services, they can say, I'm not trading you to the NFC East, which takes out Giants and Redskins and leaves Nick Foles basically saying it's either Jaguars or bust. So it's you're right. It's not fair and to well, him. Yeah. Why? Why is he in the position to have to help them? I mean, he no, had to pay two yeah. million dollars back. That even seems a. Little, it's like if ever there was a time where it's just like, you know, go on your way. And you know what? I'm sensing there's a little bit of movement here that they realize this might be hard, and they might. And I think there's. If I had to guess, I think they will let him be a free agent and go on his way. At least I hope so. I I, lo- I love Nick Foles and what he did, but. Should the Eagles live in constant fear that Nick Foles right. is just going to be the right. greatest quarterback no. of all time and right. go to the Giants and turn into Tom Brady? So, I, 
like I get it. Everyone, we don't know, we don't know that they're thinking that. Everyone's worried about their point. jobs, and it's like that is the worst case scenario. Is Nick Foles suddenly like starts beating you up? It's he's like, st- come on, Nick deal Foles. with it. Come on. I mean, he had an amazing playoff run, and he, he was pretty good this year too. But to act like the Eagles would never recover if he signed in the NFC East, I mean, I just want to, let's bring it down a little bit. And if ever yeah, there's so. a guy to give a little consideration to. I mean, to Absolutely. me, it's, it's Nick Foles. Let him beat you in a couple of division games over the over five years or something. Who cares? Got you the bowl. Nobody calls it that. The Lombardi <laughs> people say he won you a Super Bowl. <clears throat> anyway, let's do one more uh, quick round because we got we got some birthday stuff to handle, and that's more. Oh, than wow. That. Yeah. Uh, I'll be quick. I, I think the Colts, who have the most cap room in the league, uh, and I know that under Chris Ballard, they've not um, really been big spenders. And there's a lot of like reason to like the way that he's built the team through the draft. But maybe you got to spend a little bit of money this time around. Work on that defense, which you know has largely been a no-name defense but overachieved. How about you bring Nadama and Sue in and have him playing like eight feet away from Darius Leonard and just blow people up week after week? Try running on that team. Well, my response to that would be, is Ndamukong and Sue better than Marcus Hunt at this stage of their careers? Oh, I think so. Uh, Marcus Hunt had a much better year than Ndamukong Sue did this year. And we know he's a fit for Matt Eberflus's defense. We don't know. Eberflus? But they're basically playing the same position these days. I think Hunt played a lot of nose tackle at the end of the year. Sue's playoff run definitely helps his value. Because I think in those two games, you in the in the NFC playoffs, you saw a, a real difference maker. I think Marcus Hunt more, made more plays in September than Sue made all year. Mm. Wes? Uh, let's stick with the Colts. I was going to say Landon Collins, you know, with the report that he's cleaning out his locker room and, and the Colts. That's now being disputed already. Being disputed by, by multiple New York papers, but the Colts beat writers. <laughs> You're just are, cleaning, that's all. Colts beat writers are all in unison that if Landon Collins makes it to the market, the Colts are going after him. But here's another guy. I really like Adam Humphreys, the Bucks slot receiver who's wow. a free agent. I like him a lot. I think we talked about Golden Tate being similar to Edelman, but. Adam Humphrey's toughness and run after catch ability is like Edelman light, and I think he'd be a great fit for the Colts as a chain mover in the middle of the field. They really needed a slot receiver last year and didn't have a good one. Jameis Winston loves that guy. It's like Deshaun Jackson is always pissed because whenever he comes, you know, whenever Jameis is playing, it's like he doesn't get any targets, and Adam Humphreys gets them all. Humphreys is incredibly tough, and he's good after the catch. He's like a punt returner after the catch. I, I think he's going to be a big pickup for somebody. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I feel like we talked about this last week. There's a little less buzz around him. And is it because of one game in, in uh, week 17 that didn't matter? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm still excited about the possibility of him having a team again. And so why not send him to, hell, I don't know, Washington. Uh, a place where he won't have to ar- he won't have to battle for a job and let him get a chance to actually now after waiting it out on the sideline for essentially three years uh, to start 16 games if he can stay healthy and uh, give Washington an- another option at quarterback uh, a franchise that is obviously in a very tough way right now. It's interesting that he came into the league with comparisons to Andy Dalton, who Jay Gruden handpicked with the mm. Bengals. Yeah, I think that'd be. I mean, it's tough. Teddy Bridgewater at this point is not going to be able to just like join some Super Bowl contender. I mean, maybe the Jaguars would be a nice a nice fit for him. It's going to be an uphill battle. But I think Jay Gruden does a good job with quarterbacks. That'd be a nice. I one. think they're going to draft a quarterback too. One more, Greg. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Justin Houston, even though he's not released yet. But cheating. I'm just project, Cheater. projecting that he's going to be a free agent in the Los Angeles Rams pick them up. I think they're going to be making big moves in general. I don't, people you know, oh, they, they've spent a lot of money their window, is it close? No, whatever. They are going to be making big swings and I think he would make a lot of sense on that defensive line I, where they're right. about to lose uh, Dante They're also Fowler. fine in cap room too. They're fine. Yeah. I totally, I think uh, you nailed it. I think they got a lot of love in the offseason about and Les Snead and, and company for being active and going for it and it almost got them, got them to the Super Bowl at least they're thirsty. They love the headlines. They're going to be active again. And they need an end. I mean, they need a guy at his position because, because I don't think they're going to be able to keep Dante Fowler. Um, all right. Good talk, guys. And read that Mark Sessler double banger. 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 I mean, if you have prioritized correctly, if you have other things to do, you don't need to. All right. So let's circle back to the the birthday conversation. Greg turned 40 on Tuesday. Wes, 45 um, before we sign off, um, uh, I think Greg 
Forty is the big one. Forty is a huge one. And Wes, Wes, it's his birthday, but forty-five. You know, forty-five. I mean, that's a nice year. round number. A nice Plus, round he's number. celebrating like a year ago at this time. He was still, you know, getting over the after effects of chemo. So he he enjoyed this. Oh, let's take nothing away from Wes's birthday. But no one talks about forty-five. Yeah, forty is a big one. So we're going to um, use our combined powers in the room here. Um, uh, people that are below 40, people that are over 40. Let's start with the over 40 crowd, <laughs> letting Greg know what he can expect now that he's reached his 40s. Well, I would say you and your body have been going through life like Don Quixote and Sancho Panza. <laughs> like you're a knight errant and your body is your squire and you're you're fighting all these battles together. You're on the same side. You turned 40. And your body is an open rebellion against you. Mm. Pancho Sanja, you wake up in the morning and you got a steer sticking out, sticking out of your shoulder. <laughs> Looks like um, a bunch of um, trolls have taken a club to the back of your knees. You just wake up one morning and <laughs> they don't trolls. work anymore. Like your shoulder, it's like, ah, that's just how it's going to be the rest of your life. Your throwing shoulder's gone. Um, the open <laughs> rebellion just keeps going until one day you're poisoned. And like Sancho Panza and you mm. hate each other. And it was a glorious ride through 40 years. But now the rebellion is going to be there for the rest of your life. Your body is no longer your friend. Mm. He is your enemy. And he's living amongst you. And was it even that great a ride? I mean, my body. Hey, Come on. Some hey nice tennis, tennis career. You got a softball title. You couldn't be taken I want. I wanted game. more, but I do see it's on the deep decline. Uh, Mark. <laughs> All right. Now that you're in your 40s, Greg. You will, in the coming months, feel an untoward attraction for show tunes. Your heart and mind will tractor beam toward the music of big stage shows, vaudeville, and Broadway. Your house will be filled with the sounds of theater-based Americana songs like Suddenly Seymour, Our State Fair is a Great State Fair, Deep Cuts from My Fair Lady, and Annie's We'd Like to Thank You, Herbert Hoover. Just give in, Greg, and fall in love with Broadway all over again. It's over. Well, I would say... All over again. When did I ever... uh... Not really a show tune guy, but... Well, that, that would come in handy because one thing that happens in your 40s is that nobody gives a crap at all what you think about music or pop culture or movies or anything. You're just... Your opinion no longer matters mm, to anyone. That's always on Wes's radio. <laughs> no, it just doesn't matter. People do not... They just... They pat you on the head, assume you're old, and that you have nothing to contribute to society because society never looks past 10 years in the past. Well, it's a... Yeah. It's always a confusing take by Wes because you also say that you essentially don't listen to new music or... Like, I do listen to new music. I'm just not a slave to pop culture. I listen to the music I want to find... <laughs> Not the music that the industry imposes on me. All right, Wes, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> you you went already. Oh yeah, we're going again. That, well, I could. You know, no, no, no. That's fine. I just we we didn't talk about. It's, it. Get get ready for square dancing. What are you talking get about? These no, tunes. That's right. Square dancing. Well, look. You know, I said before that one of the great things is you get to cut people out of your life if you if they're not contributing. Yeah. They're not bringing st- anything today. But here, I started that early. But, but here's yeah. the flip side to that. Once you know your circle is smaller, once you get into your 40s, you have to find hobbies and things to do. And this is how people get into things like square dancing. They're like, "Oh, Chuck, you want to go to the square dance? We got nothing You're else so to do." So screwed, today. Greg. Yeah, you're gonna square have to dancing. get into square dancing. That's never happening. Uh, Mark, you had another one, I know. Ah, uh, yeah. So the 40s bring about change in one's social life. Um, I can tell you that. No more waking up at 4.22 a.m. on the floor of an El Monte cocaine den 24 miles out from Culver City. The room is littered with dozing, crashed-out millennials, and one older man you remember from the night before, a man who called himself Mr. Elephant. Mr. Elephant was the one who gave you that pill. It was still light out, and you were on the phone with Emika, promising you'd pick up a carton of 2% milk on the way home. Then there's the memory of skipping through a nighttime field with a young woman named Gianna dressed up like a hot bumblebee. I belong to Mr. Elephant, Gianna tells you with tears in her eyes. But you could steal me away if you wanted to, Greg. Steal me away from Mr. Elephant. No more of those nights. It doesn't matter like what when I, I throw out like an idea to the guys, like, let's do this. It always ends up with the same exact thing from Mark. Some story <laughs> that is maybe tangentially, like, tangentially connected to what we're doing. <laughs> I just look at the 40-year-old me and the 40-year-old well, like, Greg and not sure where the connection points Mark, are on Mark's some level. Mark's fantasy. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think we're Give seeing, us another one, Mark. I would love to one. be with the Bumblebee Gianna, <laughs> too, in the field. I mean, that sounds like fun. I think I can do that in any... I'll give you one more, um, and that's all I have for you. In your 40s, you start to care less about what people think. I think Wes pointed to that. Somehow even less than you already do, Greg. <laughs> 
it becomes easier <laughs> to true. unplug from group drama, and you become less inclined to send late-night texts to friends. Kind of like what really? you sent me uh. eight nights ago <laughs> at 2.20 a.m., writing in all caps, Greg, Hey, what up, Brosif? I'm just sitting in my kitchen staring out the window at the raucous highway. I've just grilled myself a steak sliced from the belly of a grass-fed cow. I've been trying on mascaras in front of the bathroom mirror and kind of just letting myself go a bit. I feel free. What up with you? Can't do that anymore. Enough with it. Or that's what's coming. No, enough with that. That sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) I'm going to miss it. And um, now that I'm the only person in the 30s in this room, uh, I have to let you know. You turn what, 39 this year? Uh, yeah, I turned 39 in April, so okay. I got a lot of time ahead of me. Okay. Um, things that you have to, you know, say goodbye to. It's time to let go of certain things now that you're in your 40s. Uh, reading in bed without your peepers. Going to need those. <laughs> that's, that's true. Press biopia is a. B- um, I'm doing fine on that front. Try, I, I got glasses, but yeah, not yeah. the not the bifocals. Got to get those peepers. Trans fats. You got to say goodbye to them. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what they are either. Uh, uh, any compulsive behavior slash addictions, uh, gambling, smoking, uh, select um, internet habits. I can, Just got to cut them out. I can assure you that that's not particularly true. <laughs> My vice is yeah, I mean, there's, strong as ever. There's a fine line between addictions and hobbies. <laughs> that's true. Uh, you got to say goodbye to the Making the Leap series. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. You're in your 40s. It's time. Tell Ali that. He's trying to sell it. Oh, Peter Pan. Uh, this, uh, the last two are going to hurt, uh, so I saved them. Uh, you love live music, so you have to say goodbye to concerts on school nights. You're just too old. It, your body will not um, react well. Uh, the next day will hurt your performance on the podcast or, or as a columnist on the NFL uh, media um, site. So goodbye to concerts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. And Thursdays. That's disappointing because I've just sort of gotten over mentally being the old guy at the concert that I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. But I guess guess that's why you're the only guy left, because once (laughs) you hit 40, those people Friday or Saturday, if if your favorite artist doesn't come to town on Friday or Saturday, you don't see him. Okay. I mean, Dan, we were planning to go to a rave last offseason, and I thought again this. So, right. Well, sometimes it doesn't bother you to be the oldest person in a venue. Wes, you have a good mindset on things. And but sometimes it really does. Yeah, sometimes it does. <laughs> Finally, and this is the one that's going to really hurt. Uh, Greg, uh, now that you're 40, it's time to say goodbye to rap. <laughs> so a music like this, you no longer can enjoy because you're this? an old white. This, this, is, like, this is rap. This sounds like the soundtrack to like a late 80s I Eddie mean, Murphy this buddy is, cop movie. This is a ridiculous uh, statement. First of all, I like a lot more than just rap. No, you but, can listen to that music, but you got to right. say goodbye to rap. But as like this. as our generation, <laughs> we're we're Gen X, right? We're the end, end of Gen X kind of. As we Speak age, yourself, I'm younger. <laughs> I mean, hip hop is the dominant musical form. Everyone everyone caught up to. So as 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 the people like myself age, like that's there's oldies stations with rap. You don't right. have to give it up. It's not an age thing. Wait, you gotta give up the radio. What are you doing? Still listening to the radio? They did not a ton. It's funny. I was there. in the Uber um, in Atlanta, in an Uber in Atlanta, and a classic hip hop station was on. And it is funny how we've gotten to the age now where there was classic rock stations when we were young. Now there's classic hip hop. Yeah, That's cool. especially out here. Yeah. But all right, let me. All right narrow that down you could listen to the classic hip-hop radio stations no more of the kid music for you though but that's not exciting you know like what you listen to what's outcast new? biggie what's fresh? Tupac, that's all you what's fresh you know you want to hear what's on the cutting edge little baby be you careful know? though because you don't want to be like the 44 year old guy talking about the new little baby album you know which you will be soon before you know it yeah not really it's a little baby but all right well boys happy birthday it's so nice that we're all together still I appreciate the advice. Thank you. <laughs> um, Take it to heart, please. All right. And Ricky, I just want to make it clear, even though Sydney showed up, uh, again, knocked it out of the park with that beautiful happy birthday tune, uh, that we are so lucky to have you. You are an angel that came to us. Keep going. And um, I just appreciate you. I want you to know that. And? I can't knock out the other feelings that I have inside. Like sometimes an ex will stick with you and they'll always have a part of your heart. But I just want you to know that you're special to me and you're the one for me. Okay. And I think you do have the best nickname in the history of this podcast. Thank you. Mm. Gold standard was pretty good. Gold standard. What? Now we have to give compliments (laughs) too? Yep. 
I agree with what they said. Um, I very much agree. Original. <laughs> I just can't think of anything else right now. I mean, I I love you so much that you know I try to spend as much time as possible with you. Multiple jobs. What, what more can I do? And I go to concerts with you on school There nights. you go. Yeah, we went to well, one. You did. Well, yeah, that's okay. Can't hate that happening again. <laughs> All right, uh, we will be back on Friday with another episode of the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. And what you know what? Let's check in, Greg. You put out a challenge last week for people to leave uh, five star ratings and comments on iTunes. Uh, and you, I think, did you set a number of what we were looking for? How many um, we? I wanted? did. We're almost there, but we need a little work to do so maybe we'll check in with those comments and make sure people are doing their part to support the show i mean it's free leave some comments it's not a one-way street here people all right stan hands is signing off for quiet storm and the birthday boys the mailman and the old boss 45 and 40 respectively and the great ricky hollywood behind the glass till friday You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.